Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. We have a lot to dive into. We have, I mean, it was a fantastic night. It was awesome. Last night, Madison Square Garden, we had ourselves UFC 217 and made up for a lot of what's been a terrible year for the UFC. A lot of guys missing weight, a lot of main events promised and not delivered, a lot of star power lacking, a lot of lackluster results. Last night was none of those things. It was a lot of wows and jump out of your seats and feel good moments and shocking results shocking methods to get those results it really was it was one of those nights where as a fight fan you cherish because it is it is a reminder that the sport is unforgiving it it knows no bounds as far as what the results will be how they can happen it was awesome it's it and anybody who watches it regularly and thinks they have a grasp on it or thinks they thinks of themselves as an expert or more knowledgeable than anybody, throw that out the window. Like, if you are ever looking to me for picks of, of what is going to happen on a certain night, I was terrible on the main card. I was one for four last night. The only fight that I got right was the one that was as as obvious as it gets with Johnny Hendricks getting thrown, thrown like a lamb to the slaughter uh, to Paulo Costa, who destroyed him. But the the if you want to talk about the cards that were or the fights that were evenly matched, whiffed on all of them, whiffed on all of them, and it wasn't just that you got new winners and new champions; you got them in just spectacular fashion. You know, the big talk after yesterday's fight card was, oh, you know what? All the all the bleep talkers, they all they all got theirs, and all the ones that were humble and quiet, they 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 rose atop. And I didn't even think of it like that. You know, if you want to talk about bleep talkers, I mean, you know, Michael Bisbing is who he is. It hasn't caused him to have a lack of success in his career. Cody Garbrandt, not really a trash talker. I mean, if you want to say he's more so than TJ and Team Alpha Male was more talkative than he he is, then I, I guess. Um, and and Ilana Jacek, her, for her personality, has had a lot of success too. The thing I found shocking yesterday wasn't the fact that, oh, all the quiet, humble people won. It was the fact that if you were going to go into last night thinking, hey, who's going to finish fights with strikes and who's going to have, you know, knockdown, change of the bout uh, punches, you didn't think it was going to be any of the guys or gals that have gold around their waist right now. Who in their right mind thought Rose Namajunas was going to put a a, a a pounding on Joanna and Jaychik like that. And she that that was really the start of it. You know, the Wonderboy Thompson Masvidal fight, it was fine. I was I was disappointed. You know, obviously we want our guy to get back in that title picture. And now he's fallen to the last two number one contenders. And so he's probably in a back of the line situation. And that sucks because you obviously want a Miami guy to be in in the fold there. But you know, it's not like Masvidal, Masvidal lost wide on the scorecards, but it's not like any of the rounds were uh, complete blowouts. He did get knocked down once, um, you know, but it was tough. You know, Wonder Boy's a tough, he's a tough cookie to crack, and he's had that uh, trouble now with his last two fights. You know, he, he, he looked good in flashes, but ultimately ended up getting hit by the guy's best weapon. And I think probably what is separating Ori from that next level is what, what Tyron Woodley was able to do is he took away the best weapon and then some, and, and he was able to, maybe it's the most boring fight ever, 
Um, there's certainly validity to that of who wants to see Woodley fight. But as far as um, but Masvidal is allowing himself to get hit with that weapon a little bit. So from my standpoint, it was it was a fantastic night. Now, the the championship fights, I mean, first of all, Rose Nama Yunus, who I just I, I couldn't believe that she was able to to pounce on Joanna like that. Joanna has just been such a slayer lately. She has been able to just crack and and demoralize and just make you feel like you're going in there against a wood chipper. And the fact that you saw this giant, even though I know she's 115 pounds, you got this proverbial giant in the division. She's going for Ronda Rousey's women's defense record, and Rose is, you know, been been uh, been talked about with her mental stability, and and would she be able to to rise above? She put all that stuff in the back pocket. That stuff didn't matter at all to her, and just went out there and executed. She she went there and executed and got Yona and Jacek just an absolute slayer to tap out on strikes. And, and you're like, wow, what's going? You kind of thought when I went, when I was looking at the slate, I was like, ah, I'm not a fan of three title fights. I, we talked about this last week. I'm like, I, I feel like we're in for a long night. I don't think this is going to be one of those nights where it's going to benefit you to have these because you don't have a heavyweight, you don't have a larger weight class in there, and the highest weight class that you have, you have two guys who don't finish a lot of people in Bisbing and GSP. This is probably going to drag into like two in the morning. Like this is going to be a very, very long night. And the 115 pounders come out there cracking skulls immediately. And we're getting, oh, it was incredible. And, and so the fact that she was able to, to, to get the championship there, unbelievable. What a performance by her. She was fantastic. Then we move on to TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. And. Again, going into this, I'm thinking, you know, TJ, he's been fantastic. He's been a champion. You know, once took out Henan Burrell, was one of the large, the, the highest uh, underdogs in UFC title fight history, and had a close fight with Dom. Maybe I was doing a little bit of MMA math there with, you know, he had a close fight against Dom, and Cody made Dom look silly. Made him look silly. Like, was mocking him in the middle of the fight. And... It was even this case where I think Cody was having so much success in the first round as far as making TJ miss, was just barely missing with some of his stuff, that I, I maybe it was a case of he got into round two because he cracked him at the end of round one. Cracked him. I mean, it was a case where TJ, saved by the bell situation, because he got up and he was wobbly. I mean, he he looked like he was walking on a couple stilts. It was it was rough. And, you know, he talked afterwards saying, oh, you know what? I conditioned my mind. I was in great shape. All right. But if we had a little bit more time in that round, I don't know how much your mind would have been conditioned. It might have been scrambled. But I think that point of Cody getting to TJ like that maybe made him a little reckless. I don't know. Or maybe just give credit to TJ because he took advantage of 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 a mistake by Cody, cracked him, and the fight was swung from there. He 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 pounced on it. Fight was ended. Round two, you know, knocked him down earlier in the in the round with a with a head kick. It seemed like Cody was able to brush that off pretty good, but TJ was able to to pounce it, and it was so intense that fight because of the swing of it. You had Cody looking like. He had this one in the bag. Maybe got a little. He was starting to do his dance moves in the in the early part of the second round, and you're like, "Uh oh, it, it, it's showtime for for young Cody Garbrandt." And maybe TJ's a little little bit out of his uh, his league here. You know, TJ was throwing more. He obviously has the more diversified striking offense, but it just seemed like Cody had such a speed advantage. You didn't know if he was going to get caught, and I think. He bought into that almost a little bit too much that it was a case where he he possibly got reckless because he had that strike at the end of, uh, of the first round. And once he kind of tasted that blood, it felt like maybe he felt like he had an S on his chest and he wasn't able to, to be touched by TJ Dillashaw. And wow. I mean, so intense. As and You never see this. It was It was so intense, the stoppage of it. And I know Cody talked about afterwards, you know, let me go out of my shield. Let me, let me, 
you know, go out unconscious. Let me be dragged my car. You know, a lot of guys say that, but in that spot, the ref is just is just helping. You are out. It's just it's just a case of how much damage are you going to take. And TJ Dillashaw, he gets some vindication. I I, I hope this puts an end to the alpha male TJ Dillashaw thing. I, I you know we had Cody Garbrandt on this this week. We had him on from one to three, and I really do think that Cody Garbrandt has huge star potential. You do wonder if it was too much too soon. He's a very very young fighter. He was representing almost he was almost representing too much. He wasn't just representing Cody Garbrandt, but it's a young man who has represented. Team Alpha Male was kind of the flag bearer for finally getting them a championship. TJ kind of was the face of that, but TJ was leaving at the same time, so they couldn't even claim it. And so the fact that they had Cody be the ultimate champion of not only they beat their top adversary in, in Dominic Cruz, and now he's going to come out there and they're talking all this this stuff about TJ Dillashaw that he's the bad guy. He turned his back on us. All that jazz. And, you know, that's a lot to take on for a young fighter. At a certain point, you also got to be about yourself. He's also a young man where he has, he has you know, held packs with his with his uh, young friend in, in Maple Maddox and, you know, has a book coming out about it. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot of new fame. It's a lot of new stuff to deal with. And he talked about, yeah, there's, there's so many perks that come with being the champion this week. But there's also a lot of responsibility. Everybody's gunning for you. And not only that, he's dealing with injury that he has to muster through and still be at his peak performance. Did he look quite as fluid in this fight? I don't know. I, I, I thought he looked pretty good. He looked he he looked like he was having a lot of success against TJ Dillashaw. And, you know, TJ, I think, just came out and he kind of he opened up the Swiss Army knife a little bit more. And Perhaps that's what got Cody off balance and got him more mistake prone. Corey's in Miami. What's going on, Corey? Hey, bro. What's up? What's up, Bernie? My man, Bernie Kozar. He's fired up about last night in that Canes win, man. Bernie Kozar is rocking the turnover chain all kinds of ways. Um, so that was those were that, that's just the first two title fights. They were amazing. We got to get into the GSP fight. GSP Bisbing, also awesome. Surprisingly, for a George St. Pierre fight. George St. Pierre, I don't know how many times you go into those fights and you, just, you you are jumping out of your seat with the GSP fight. He's making his return, hasn't fought in years, and here he is looking to get the 185-pound strap from Michael Bisping. A lot of people down him. I was down him. Plenty of experts were down George St. Pierre, thinking it's too much time off, and he gave us perhaps the wow moment of the night with the fact that, you know, He's a guy who has been criticized on this show by by all of us. Myself, Seema, Tommy Guns loves him. Um, but just, you know, George's gonna get on top, he's gonna he's gonna neutralize you, he's gonna hump hump you to death, and that's it. That's how he's gonna grind out fights. But Bisping is so good at getting up from takedowns, first of all. The one he got taken out, I think it was three times. If he got taken down a fourth, I'm it, it's I'm missing it. But you know, got taken down the first time in the first round. I think really solidified GSB winning that round. Um, second round, he got taken down again. But GSP slicing that face open with elbows, slicing it open. It was so gnarly. GSP was getting. Butchered, and you're thinking, oh, this is not good for GSP. GSP never been a guy who handles damage well, um, and the fact that he's going into this thing and he's cut open that badly already, how's he going to handle this? And and then you're starting to see, you know, there was some questions of his cardio. Was GSP slowing down? Was the um, amount of muscle too much? He's a much bigger size now. He hasn't been in the in the in the heat of of a of a fight like this in four years. Was that getting to him? Was the stress of that getting to him? Was he going to wilt? Because you know Michael Bisping is not going to wilt. And he was able to rise up, man. He was able to rise up. 
Bisping was popping up from these takedowns. And so GSP was made to be a, a stand-up fighter. And again, you're thinking, if this is a stand-up fight, you have questions of GSP's cardio, you already have him gashed open, this is not going to be a good situation for him. It never has been. It hasn't been his style. And quite frankly, with Michael Bisping, you know, he has he has been so good weathering the storm of these fights. You think of his Anderson Silva fight was knocked out basically after the bell, got saved by the bell, brought up, got up, fourth round, beat the holy hell out of Anderson Silva. You think back to the Daniel Dan Henderson fight. Whatever you want to say of Dan Henderson as a contender, he still got one of the most dangerous weapons in the in, in in the sport of mixed martial arts. And his eye was collapsed. It was closed up and was able to weather that storm, win a close decision. And not only that, you know, beat Luke Rockhold on two weeks' notice. I mean, he has had a real renaissance of a, of, a, of his career. And GSP has been out. And GSP's always kind of been known as a huge front runner as far as he finds a way to take away your weapons. He will he will get on top of you and it will be grind out city until he gets to victory. And this wasn't the case. You know, he's he's facing a lot of adversity here. He is facing ring rust. He is facing a new weight class. He is facing a game opponent. He's facing a better conditioned opponent. And an opponent he can't keep on the canvas. And all those things, and he's able to come up, come across with a huge, huge blow, drops Michael Bisbing, goes for broke on him, still doesn't look like he, he, he you know, gets to that in-between of, all right, is he going to get enough strikes here with Bisbing on the ground to put him away? Gets behind him, locks in a choke, and chokes Michael Bisbing unconscious. Middleweight championship. Unbelievable night, man. Unbelievable night of fights. I think the UFC fan got their money's worth. It was it was an awesome night of fights. It was fantastic. Really, really great. UFC 217, I think, was a, a, a much-needed savior for the year for this promotion. This promotion has had a crap year. I don't care what Dana White talks about. Oh, this has been the, the best year for us by far. Uh, financially, you know, I, I understand that he's including their hard work and promotion with the Connor Floyd fight there. But as far as the fights they're putting on, it's been rough and hasn't been exciting. And this had all th- th- this had excitement, unpredictability, all, just just a lot of great moments for for fight fans. It was awesome. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Look at you. Look at you guys. Oh, it is good to see Seema and Tommy Guns in the building. Been too damn long. The whole crew back together again. Wow, it's a family reunion. A reunion much needed. Man. Hey, Tobin. Hey, Tommy Guns. How are you? I don't miss this chair. It's still very squeaky. And now our lights don't work. I see that. I've put in a call. I'm sure it'll get fixed in a couple months. candles. Yeah. Set the mood. Set the mood. Get real romantic. Wow. Turn off the lights. (laughs) Barry, who is that? Barry Waiter. I don't know. No. I don't know. Marvin Gaye? Marvin Gaye? Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to Apple sexy. Music it afterwards. There you go. All sexy. Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy, Teddy. There you Teddy, go. Antoine, Teddy, much appreciated. Teddy, that's right. Thank you for the <laughs> Thank you Antoine. Thank much you appreciated. For the save. That's that Teddy P. Man, did you guys so how awesome was last night? That was a fun night, wasn't it? It was it was extremely awesome. I know there's going to be a couple guys that are going to regret what they what they did. I think Bisbing is going to regret have some regrets and I think Cody's going to have some regrets. Yeah. I think they both, in my opinion, they both got a little too confident. Yeah. Especially Bisbing. Bisbing was starting to tee off on GSP. Mm-hmm. GSP was fading. I think probably I think he got sloppy. Probably especially after he sliced him open from the bottom. Yeah. He's like, oh, what's he going to do to me? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to have some regrets. That could have been a, an amazing, like a historical night for him. And now, you know, 
Does he get a title shot right back? I don't think he does. I don't think so. Like his his title reign's been scrutinized already. Uh, um, I, I almost felt like he was going to retire last night. It's it started to sound when he was talking to Joe like he was he was kind of congratulating congratulating everybody. It felt like oh okay he's saying goodbye. I guess he wants to fight one more time in London. Um, and they got a they got a card coming up in in March or something, and that might be his farewell fight. I think he's an entertaining fighter. I would pay to see him again. I think most fans would just because he brings it. Yeah, he's old school. It's it's he's had such a it's 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 weird this chapter of his career that he had to finish things out. But it was I tell you what you you want what might be his best asset. He made George St Pierre exciting. He made a GSP fight exciting. It was I was shocked. He made him exciting. He, Tommy Guns, uh, I know you love George St. Pierre. I was but like Seam and I, we both had to be shocked. Wow. I enjoyed the hell out of that GSP fight. And I, I don't know if I was expecting that. And you look at GSP's takedowns. Yeah, you had three takedowns, right? Yeah. Three? I think it was three. Three. Two of them were insignificant because Bisbing got right back up yeah, within which, seconds. Which he's great at. And then the third one. I think that GSP was like, I gotta, I gotta stand and trade with this guy because look what he just did. He scissors sliced my face open. Yeah. I mean, what he did from the bottom was was pretty amazing. He was definitely prepared to be taken down. Definitely. Definitely. He was and, and tough as nails, as he usually is. I mean, Bisbing's taken some real damage in a lot of his fights. You've gotta say though, the blood didn't impact him as much as it used to. He was he was tough. Like, what can you? I mean, it was such a it was it was such a guts fight by GSP because we're not normally used to, like when that when that plan A goes out the door. Normally, that's that's not great for George. It usually looks like okay, he's not going to put himself in the fire. And I'm surprised also that he's doing that at this age. The fact that he was gone for four years, I would have thought that almost the Ronda effect. Like as soon as that first crack happens. Is he is he going to is he going to want to be in there anymore? You know, he's a rich man. He's had a lot of success. What the hell is he still doing here? He's even said, if I lose, I'm gonna retire. It would have been so easy to just wilt. And he did it. He got he 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 rose above and props to him. It was amazing. I agree. He was real gritty last night in a different type of way ever. So I totally agree with that. As much as I'm a G SP fan um I I really as I looked at the fight coming up through the week watching it and watching it I got this vibe that Bisbing was going to take it I just felt that way so strongly yeah I wanted GSP to win but I just didn't think that he was going to pull it off with the four years off the number of people that Bisbing has already beat thus far yeah I thought it was going to be uh real hard but I think as Seema stated earlier that he, Bisbing just missed that shot. It, it's what I think made last night so amazing. Is I, If you looked at the fighters who won the way they did, none of them are devastating one-shot artists, and they all had just changed the game, changed the fight, strikes that it was... it was. I mean, TJ was basically one shot, pounced on him, it was over. But Rose Namajunas coming with a... with, with knocking, knocking down the champ? David. That was crazy. David and Goliath. Yeah. Did you see the did you see the weigh in? I didn't did see that, the weigh in. Did that not give you well, you gotta see the weigh in. The weigh in with, with Rose and JJ? As in her face, screaming at her, pointing at her. And all she's doing is standing there stone faced, reciting it, the Lord's Prayer. That's awesome. And she's in and Joanna's in her face and Dana's having to hold her back, and she's just standing there reciting the Lord's Prayer. Gives me goosebumps. Then she goes out there and does the unthinkable. Slays the giant. I mean, you talk about two shots. I mean, she knocked her down twice. Yeah. And and the the very end of it, I mean, gives me gives me goosebumps. That girl is a twig. Yep. She has she's never been known for power. So, just I give it all. I give it up to her, man. That was a, an amazing, amazing performance. The greatest victory in a title fight. She was the the what the the greatest underdog. 
in a title fight. Wow. That that won. That won. Yeah. Well, last yeah, it was I, going into this last week. I was like, ah, like three title fights. That's never exciting because something's gonna get dragged out. I remember what was the last one they did that with? It was it was the one recently with Cyborg. They did Cyborg, uh, the welterweight title, and then I think I think Stipe. And it wasn't that fun a night. They were all kind of lackluster, and even like the Cyborg, like Cyborg was going super long, and it was just I'm like ah, this is gonna be kind. Of, none of these guys are not. None of these fighters are knockout artists. I, I could see these all go. All none my of picks, that happened. All none my picks were wrong. Oh, I was it was terrible last night. All my picks and gratefully terrible in all my fights. Yes, <laughs> in all fights were wrong. Not just in the title fights, just across the board. Was, I was a big I was a big loser last night. But the, by far the standout fight was the the Rose Joanna fight. Yeah, and those it, of you not familiar with the story, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the good book. Please check it out. Highly but recommend. But it is everybody was mocking. Her mocking Rose, making fun of her, like this girl's got no shot. Yeah, like she's way over her head, and she went in there and calm, cool, collected. Took her at what three minutes, three oh three or something in the first round. Insane. I mean, wow. And and it also speaks to at the end of the fight her humility when they were making it about her, and she's like, "I'm nobody. I'm no." Yeah, she's like, "This is no. This is just extra." Yes. This is just extra. There's so many more important things in the world. Um, but she's been through so much in her life, you know, this, uh, you know, had, had a lot of family, personal trouble, um, you know, things happening with her father and it was, it's unbelievable to see them rise above and things like that. That's what I, you know, I think that's what we all are in awe with, with this show, just like those moments and so cool. I mean, Yolanda and Jaychik is, she's no joke. Not at all. and, and And I'll give, you know. She was, you know, she was very um, animated in the build-up to this fight. I think that's just her personality, how she leads up to it. I will give her unbelievable props. I don't know if you guys watched the post-fight press conference, but humble. Hope she gets the the the, the rematch. But you know, you know, in the end of it, you know, people were saying, "Oh, she's like, don't you dare, you know, compare me uh, and my emotions to to Ronda Rousey. It's not the same. You got to give all credit to Rose Namajunas. That's what won this fight. It has nothing to do with it." Don't blame the UFC and saying I had more obligations. It was all it all got taken care of in the cage. Don't you dare blame American Top Team. Um, how, you know this is Mike Brown's eighth anniversary of his WEC fight. I was like, whoa, how the hell does she know that? Um, just just very accountable and 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 nice. uh, made her unbelievably likable. And I wonder if she'll get a rematch. I don't know what they'll do there. Uh, it it'll be interesting to see out of these out of the trio here. Which one will they run it back for? That's that's an interesting one. Who who? I think they run it back for her because she's defended so many times. I would say I would say that's fair. I think I think she she would probably deserve it out of everybody else. Seemed like TJ TJ said afterwards like uh uh-uh, I beat him in two rounds. I I'm not giving him a rematch. But I think that goes back to TJ thinking he deserved a rematch when he lost to Dom and didn't get it. And also, he doesn't like Cody Garbrandt. So, and not only that, I don't think that he, I don't think he wins the rematch. I don't know. It, I think it, that Garbrandt was, Garbrandt got sloppy, very similar to Bisbing, but Garbrandt got sloppy. Man, he was just. If you look at the exchange, you watch the final exchange, and there were many, a few exchanges throughout the fight that were like this. It's just every other exchange, they both missed all their punches, yeah. and in that last exchange. Garbrandt threw a punch that just missed Dillashaw, and Dillashaw rotated over the top of it and came across and yep. just caught him. And these guys, they, Garbrandt especially got sloppy. Dillashaw, to me, didn't have anything to lose. He had to just throw punches. Right. Because when, when Cody threw calculated shots, he was teeing off. Well, and also, I think when he had that knockdown late in the first round, he had to be thinking to himself, I got this. I got this. Like that guy just got saved by the bell. Look at him walk back and stagger back to his corner. This is this, this thing's over. And so I'm sure that that gets yeah. you a little bit overconfident as well. But I would love to see those guys uh, those guys do it again. It was an awesome fight. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM 790. The ticket. Welcome back, Fighters Fury here on 790. The ticket. Tobin Sima and Tommy Guns all in the building, all together. 
We were just looking at some Matt Brown Cowboy highlights because next week you got yourself a couple of good fights coming up. You got Dustin Poirier. He's taking on Anthony Pettis. It's a fight night from Pittsburgh on FS1. And Matt Brown's last fight. Matt Brown yeah. is taking on Diego Sanchez. That is a killer fight. Anybody versus Diego Sanchez that's willing to fight. Yeah. Well, that, that that's, that's, that's sort of two of the most insane brawlers in a cage together. And let's see what happens. It's yeah. uh that that's an insane fight. Um so who you got on that insane fight? I'm gonna go with Matt Brown. I think Matt Brown goes out on top. I'd like to see that. I think Diego lost his last fight. I think he got stopped his last fight too. Let me see. Uh Diego's last fight. Yes, he lost to Ally Quinta. I remember that. Um Yeah, I I gotta go Matt Brown. Matt Brown's been in some wars, but I think Diego he doesn't have the same uh let's see. Matt's last... He's lost three straight. He's lost three straight. Been Five a, of his last six. Yeah, he's been... Ouch. He's lost decisions to Robbie, Johnny Hendricks, beat Tim Means, then he lost to Damian Maia and Damian Maia's huge win streak, Jake Ellenberger, and Donald Cerrone, which we were just watching. That was an absolute slugfest. It's going to be interesting. Well, speaking of Johnny Hendricks, what, a, what about the... The tale, the, the tale of two two was, cities. That was the only Him one I got right last night. And GSP. Yep. Like it's crazy. These right? are these are two guys that was it five six years ago. Johnny Hendricks. We all argued that he won that fight. Yep. Even though you love GSP, you still agreed that he won that fight. <laughs> yeah, GSP, which is on the record. He looked ba- he looked battered on the, after that fight. Yeah, uh, ended up then you know so then that fight you know GSP walks away. Johnny ends up becoming champ over Robbie Lawler. And look and at him now. Crazy, right? Well, first of all, you Johnny Hendricks should be 170. Well, speaking of weigh-ins, did you see what happened at his weigh-in? He's, like, yelling at the media. He's like, no negative stories about missing weight. He's, like, basically telling the media he's about to miss weight because he he miscalculated. And he ends up making it by two-tenths of a pound. Mm. And wow. But, like, it was really odd. Like, for one of the nicest guys in the sport, like, it's it's been weird to see this decline for him, especially thinking about how fast he rose up. Yeah, and now where he's at, it's, it's pretty weird. It is weird. He's had a a very interesting story, and I and first of all, watching him last night, he should not be fighting at one eighty five. He can't. He's not the size of these guys. He's too short. He's too one dimensional. His power really is only impactful at a at a lower weight class. Yeah, we haven't seen it in a while either. Yeah. And he's got a I, I know he switched camps for this fight. He went to Jackson Wink. He also had a torn bicep uh in the midst of the Robbie fights. And I think that those it's perhaps that between though that that trio of the GSP fight, the Robbie fights, having the injury, maybe just took a tax on him and he just he's not the same guy he ever was and a lot of people also seem to think that that us that once usada came into play that he's one of those guys that it really affected him yeah that he's he you know got off whatever stuff that he was on uh whether it be steroids whether it be supplements a band supplement that he's just not the same guy that he was pre-usada yeah um, get them out of here i know they really ruined all the fun he's, man he screwed everything <laughs> up. all the fun Sheep. damn john jones can't fight in four years now but those, but those, those fights, I believe, also took their toll on on uh, on Johnny, which is what I was going to to say about the fight we have coming up with with Matt Brown and Sanchez. Is they've both been in such wars. Yeah, this is like the battle of the guys who who probably don't have a chin anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think whoever is connects seriously, clean. Um, is going to win the fight, and it, and it could be pretty quick. It could be a one-round fight because I think these guys are going to go out, put it all on the line, yeah. knowing that it's probably close to Diego Sanchez's end of the road as well. It's also probably great that it's not a, it's not the main event because what if yeah. it was one of those things where they both just pop on each other's head, but they are able to withstand? I mean, putting another five rounds on those bodies would be, would be quite the bunch. But I think... I, 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 Maybe I'm going with my heart, but I'm going to go with Matt Brown because I want to see him get that storybook ending of of get to go out with a win because he's been he's been such an entertaining fighter. I would agree. Career. I agree with that. What do you Matt think, Tom Guns? I've definitely got to go with Matt Brown as well. What about the main event, Poirier and Pettis? Let's see. I, I'm. I want to say Pettis, 
because I think he's more talented than Poirier. However, Pettis hasn't been, even in his win last fight, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a... Yeah, Pettis' last win was against Jim Miller. Um, That was a return to lightweight after he fought Max Holloway, got stopped for the first time in his career. That was at featherweight, so he was back. He, so he's back at 155. Got a win over Jim Miller, who's definitely on the back end of his career. Uh, Dustin Poirier, his last win was over Jim Miller because the Eddie Alvarez fight. Remember that got that yeah. got washed because of illegal knees, which stunk because that was a really good fight. It was, it was. a really really good fight. Um, and then before that, lost uh, on a vicious KO to Michael Johnson, and he was on a good run before that. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh... What's his name? Poirier? No. Pettis? Pettis. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for that. I'm I'm gonna go with Poirier. I think I think I've just seen a lot more good out of him lately. Um so I'm gonna go with Dustin. What about you, Tommy Guns? I've got Poirier also. Yeah. Great. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> <laughs> um so what do you guys think? What do you think GSP goes from here? There's a lot of talk of I mean, Dana was very uh Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley was marketing. This is weird. So, you, I don't. You, this is rare that you see this for a guy never who doesn't get stopped. GSP didn't do any media last night. He didn't go to the Fox show, which was he needed plenty of stitches. He needed a lot of stitches, but it's rare that you don't that you see a guy not at least show up for the press conference or at least do an interview after. Well, the only thing he did was with Joe, and wasn't like I, we got nothing out of that. He was like just kept apologizing for cursing when he wasn't even cursing. It was funny. But uh he didn't show up to the Fox set, which I wasn't surprised by because Tyron's there and Tyron was obviously going to try and market for a fight. Um so do you think he stay is it, what do you think the chances are? Do you think he goes to 170 tries to get the 70 belt again? Do you think he stays at 185 and actually fights the interim champ Robert Whitaker? Or the the money fight that everybody's out there thinking that somehow, some way, we're going to get Connor GSP. What do you think is the most likely scenario? Uh, I, I don't think that he can drop to one seventy. You think he's he's past that? I think he's past that. So you think? I, do you think Tyron Tyron said that he'd be willing to go to middleweight? Well, I think that that's an interesting fight. But first and foremost, business the the business of unifying the belts. You have a a temporary belt mm-hmm. that's around the, the waist of Robert Whitaker, and then you have the real belt that was won last night, I think you have to unify those belts, and then GSP can do what he wants to do. And, but Connor's, I think, and Connor's in the same scenario. Yeah, Connor. I think that Connor needs to, while the Ferguson fight scares me from McGregor. Me too. I think that, you know, that looks like the fight that McGregor actually wants to be in. So that's going to happen, but I, I think that fight, Connor doesn't win that fight, and it takes some of the luster away from Connor McGregor. In my in my opinion, I think that there's a way for him to kind of avoid that fight if he's going to do that. Now is the perfect time, coming off making nearly a hundred million dollars or right. whatever he made on a pay per view, saying, "You know what? Have these belts, take them. I don't care. I just want I'm going to fight meaningful fights and not, you know, that's a spin." Uh, yeah. But that's a dangerous fight, Tony Ferguson. It's, for an, him. it's an absolute danger, especially since Tony's been. I wouldn't say he's been active because that was, you know, the last fight he had was the first fight he had in a year. But you know, Tony's been doing nothing but training and getting ready for either B Khabib Nurmagomedov, um, or or whomever, or you know. So the fact that he's in there or or getting ready for 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 Kevin Lee, he's been he's been training, and Connor was getting ready for a boxing match. Well, and now he's living off the the fruits of holding together this crazy cross-sport fight. Mm-hmm. So that's what worries me um, about getting in there with a the Tony Ferguson. I do think that Tony Ferguson is very hittable. So that, I think, is a benefit to Connor. But if he doesn't get him out of there in two rounds, then you got to start worrying about, uh-oh, is the, is the cardio an issue again? Even if he is at a more natural weight for himself. Not only the cardio, but we've seen Connor. Connor can't keep himself from getting taken down. Mm-hmm. Ferguson, if he gets him on the ground, he's got, there's going to be some wild submission that takes got, place. Yeah, Trust yeah, me. He's, he's got gonna, such a bag of tricks. He's going to stand up and he's going to have, you know, 
Conor McGregor's arm, you know, above his head or something like that. It's the way that this guy can submit time and time again, and his conditioning mm-hmm. is insane. What about you, Tommy Guns? What do you think? Uh, what do you think the next plan is for GSP? Do you see a Conor fight in the future? Or do you think both guys are going to take care of business and and fight the rightful, I guess, interim champion, number one contender, whatever you want to call them? Or does he go back to boxing? I believe that with certainly that Conor, uh, it would be a little. It'll be an easy pay for him. Unfortunately, I'm saying this because I'm a huge GSP fan, but I think that GSP has gotten a, a little too fluffy, and I don't think that he will be able to drop that much weight. What so a nice way to say that. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, so Fluffy. Well, if they did that fight, <laughs> I know GSP has said that he can make 155. Do I you don't... think he's fluffy? You know, people kept saying that he was he was fatter. I didn't. He didn't see that. I didn't think he looked that bad. I definitely he definitely looked bulkier, and I and you had to worry about the conditioning a little bit. He was gassing. He was gassing. I but I didn't see. I, you know, people were calling him like, "Oh, fat GSP." I'm like, I don't think he's that fat. He definitely looked. He definitely looked thicker. But I didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like he looked terrible. I thought for a guy his height, that's that's probably how he had to look if he was going to be in a fight like that. Um. But can he get to 155? Can he get to 170 again? No way. I don't know. He cannot get to 155, I'll tell you that right now. Maybe cut off his arm. But other than that, he's not getting down to 155. If he gets down to 170, I think he would have to do it over the course of a year. I have a feeling Connor's going to fight before the end of the year. I think he's going to fight Tony before the end of the year. That's the, that's what my... The, it's going to be that New Year's Eve show. Yeah, I just... I, I have this feeling. I think he wants to get one more big payday as the year goes in. Get on big on that Forbes list. Is and, that a big payday? Uh yeah, I don't think he's coming back unless the UFC restructures or he gets whatever it is. And I think I think that Connor's comeback UFC fight's a big fight no matter who it's against. That's why I don't think you waste the Nate Diaz fight. I think the Nate Diaz trilogy is always going to be a big fight. So why do it here? Like fight fight Tony Ferguson. Those guys will do a hell of a fight promotion yeah. together. And and I think Connor's comeback is going to it'll definitely break a million buys no matter if he was fighting a peacock, it doesn't matter. He's it'll it'll be a big deal, and then maybe if and then if he defends, then I think we talk. Okay, GSP fight maybe in the summer. Maybe GSP just drops the belt. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I, but I I think that's the more likely scenario that we'll see Connor in their defense. I think it's more likely Connor defends that that his his belt against an interim champ than GSP does against Robert Whitaker. I don't think he's gonna fight Robert Whitaker. I got this feeling like he's gonna just say. You think Robert Whitaker beats him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he does. I think I, because Robert Whitaker, those shots that Bisping hits, Robert Whitaker is—he's just a monster. Like th- he's—they don't call him Bobby Knuckles for nothing. He's—he's—he's <laughs> he's he's an absolute savage, and I think he could absolutely stop GSP. And I don't think GSP wants to sit around here doing or, or having young guys build their name off of him. I think he wants to have these last fights be very memorable for his career. So, because if GSP is going to fight, I don't think he's going to fight till July anyway. I don't think I don't I don't think we're going to see GSP for a while. Well, he's I, gonna I, he's gonna need to heal. Yeah, I say that Connor fights Ferguson. Connor beats Ferguson, and it makes the GSP fight with Huge. Connor. Yes, absolutely, and that's what will happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be that'd be very very cool. Thank you for speaking that into existence. <laughs> I, I she she has she has <laughs> a way of predicting happen. these things, <laughs> and that's what will happen. <laughs> Mr. Fluffy will fight McGregor. <laughs> Fluffy's gonna he go on a diet. He won't be fluffy then. He won't be fluffy. <laughs> he's gonna. He's he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna unfluff. Yeah. And then we get the 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 uh, the, the GSP Connor fight, which would be awesome. Man, GSP versus Connor in a bleep talking contest. That's not gonna go well. No. <laughs> that's not gonna go well. GSP not, not for GSP. GSP's not gonna be able to match that. <laughs> no, but Ferguson. Well, I also think that's smart that he didn't call out Connor last night because I think it's better if Connor beats Ferguson he does the call out of GSP and he whether it's people say he's the greatest of all time oh, I'm the greatest of all time he's not the greatest of all time whoa, whoa, whoa. what is this you think this this bum comes back all fat and fluffy 
he's going to steal that line, that fluffy oh, line. Yeah, yeah, Trust yeah, yeah. me. Definitely. Oh, my God. I think that I think that'll be, that would be absolutely fantastic. So we'll see. We'll see what comes out. So we got, uh, we all got Tommy Guns and I. We have Poirier. You got Pettis next week. We all have Matt Brown. Yes. Excellent. It was great seeing you guys again. Good seeing this. you. I missed this. This was great. Family's back. The family's back together. Family reunion. Uh, the Aquanoids pregame show. They are still here bright and early. They're going to get you ready for Dolphins and Raiders. I'm sure DJ Williams is fantastically celebrating an awesome Canes win yesterday. Shout out to the Canes for beating Virginia Tech. Got a big old matchup with Notre Dame next week. Yes, sir. Big one. That is awesome. Drop that chain. Oh, the turnover chain. <laughs> the turnover chain. Best thing in sports. So Miami. It's so Miami. Yes. I love it. And everybody's wearing them in the stands. Miami is the only team in the country that could pull that off. Right. Yo, I had some slimy Alabama fan who was like, you you guys, you, you, you're just catching up. We had the WWE belt we were doing. I was like, hey, man, that means you guys just stole it from the WWE. You didn't invent the WWE belt. They invented the turnover chain. I mean, like if you well guys, were, yeah, like if you guys were gonna have something that was, you know, related to you, it would be, I don't know, some moonshine jug on a string <laughs> that you would throw over your neck. Uh, wow. Anyway, It'll we got We gotta get out of here. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Wilder's right hand is Thor's hammer, and here in round one, he is Ragnarokking Stavern. He's out. He's out cold. I don't know if he's gonna be able to get up. Uh, let's give you a little bit of a bonus segment here because we didn't get to any boxing on the show today. Seaman Tommy Guns finally back. It was great to have the crew back together, man. I missed him so much. Um, but we didn't get any boxing. You know, we only have so many segments, so much time in an hour. And UFC was so crazy last night. I didn't get to divulge any time to devote any time to Deontay Wilder, who uh, who nearly committed murder last night against Berman Stavern. That was a that was insane. first of all for Deontay. It's been very tough um, because of his opponents falling out the way they have. He really feels like he's lost the arms race as far as getting in the national consciousness of, or really international consciousness of boxing fans in the heavyweight division. And so the idea that he went out and did what he did last night, beating Bermain Stavern and pretty much doing it all in the span of a minute, you know, let it go. Up until about a minute, I think it was a minute six, where he put Stavern on the canvas for the first time. Stavern didn't look too enthusiastic to get up, got up, <laughs> and Wilder went like a like a Tasmanian devil at him, puts him on the canvas again. You think it's about to be over. Stavern gets up one more time. There's about 20 seconds left, and Deontay Wilder goes a just absolutely berserk on him. Absolutely berserk. Stops him. Ref has to pull Deontay Wilder off of him. It was a brutal finish. It was an absolutely brutal finish. And Deontay Wilder, adamant about getting the Anthony Joshua fight afterwards. I think he put a real stamp on... He did what he had to do. And I think that's one of the things with Deontay. You know, some of the opponents that he's been in there with, even if he's gotten finishes, there's been times where you've seen holes in his game. You've seen him let guys linger around too much. Maybe you've seen guys touch him up a little bit too much. For guys that he's clearly better than, even if you know he's got probably the raw skill set of all the good guys up there. And last night, he didn't even let Stavern touch him, didn't let Stavern get any offense on, even if it was a short-notice matchup. It was as sensational as it could be for the circumstances of the opponent that he faced, an opponent who's the only guy to go to the distance with him. So... You know, props to Deontay Wilder. That was a great, uh, that was a great showing for him yesterday, and I think really put an exclamation point of putting himself in everybody's mind to fight Anthony Joshua next. Now, does that happen? That's the question. What does he have to do to actually get it? And where is the fight going to happen? You know, the idea that he was in Brooklyn last night. I don't know what the attendance ended up being. I, it sounded like it was pretty damn good. Do they end up? convincing Anthony Joshua to get his butt over here to do a fight in Vegas. I have a hard time believing that. Not with as much of a commercial success as Anthony is over here. But if you're talking about who had the better performance since the guy they should easily handle, they both they both had eerily similar situations where they were taking on guys on short notice, and there's no doubt in everybody's mind that, that you can't argue that Anthony Joshua looked better than Deontay did. And so, with that being said, 
does everybody start saying, oh, this is the fight they claim it for? Now, the interesting thing that's been wrinkled into this, there's an interesting wrinkle that's been thrown into the mix, and that is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury has really been campaigning that his comeback is coming soon. And he has said that he wants the Joshua fight. It'd be hard to argue there's a bigger fight in, in British boxing history than that fight would be commercially. It, it would be an absolute monster. The the lineal heavyweight champion who was stripped of his belts in disgrace, but never lost them in a fight, you know, lost them to politics and lost them to tests and all that stuff. And then you have the golden boy in Anthony Joshua. That That is an absolute monster. But if you are Tyson Fury, you've been out of everybody's consciousness for a while, even as great a fight promoter as he is. He's got to get himself back into the consciousness of people. I think in London it would be big, but it could be worldwide big if you get Tyson Fury back in, in the ring, back in front of a microphone, back cl- having people clamor for that fight to happen. So does he have a comeback fight? Now, here's the interesting thing. we We've been seeing how... Shannon Briggs, our boy, he has been campaigning to get this fight. And people want to see it. You know, there was a poll put out by Edition Boxing. They're a really good uh, follow. I recommend them highly. And they they put a poll out. Comeback fight for Tyson Fury. Carlos Takam, Dylan White, Hey Bayou winner, or Shannon Briggs. There were nearly 6,000 votes. And 40%, almost 40% of the vote went to Shannon Briggs out of a four-option race. 22%. Went to the Hey Bayou winner. 22% went to Dylan White. Uh, and the other piece going to Carlos Takam. So, people want to see that fight. And, look, I think Shannon's going to have some trouble. Because I think Tyson would take that fight in a heartbeat. I think he thinks that's an easy fight. He can go all day. Shannon's going to gas out. And, you know, thinks that Shannon's pretty one-dimensional. And, and he can shut that down. But the thing that Tyson has to worry about is he's been out for so long. Now, Shannon has too, but Shannon, Shannon's kind of used to, at this point, being on long layoffs and getting into the ring. And you know how Shannon's, Shannon's going to try and go and attack that soft, soft belly of Tyson Fury and try and, and, try and end him in a couple rounds. You know, nobody in the heavyweight division has more first-round knockouts than Shannon Briggs. So... The thing with that fight is, you know, with a fight with Shannon Briggs and Tyson Fury, it's going to be a monster promoter. It's going to be a monster for promoters. You got no work to do. You got those two guys in front of microphones, in front of cameras, promoting, getting everybody uh, excited to see Tyson Fury fight again, um, putting him against a colorful personality. These other guys, they do nothing for you. I mean, you know, David Hay fighting Tony Bellew. It's, you know, Bayou's barely a heavyweight and, you know, took him 10 rounds to beat a guy on one leg. David Hay, well past his prime. Um, calls to come. Look, I gave a lot of props to Calls to come last week, I don't, I, but I don't have an, a desire to see him fight in the title picture again. Um, you know, and, and then Dylan White, it's, it's kind of like he's so B-side in the heavyweight picture. Uh, if you are... If you really do want to set up a an Anthony Joshua fight with Tyson Fury, if you're their promoters, I think I think Shannon makes a lot of sense. I, I really do. And Tyson should beat Shannon Briggs. Will he? We'll see. I'm not picking against Shannon. You know that. But I'm biased as hell and 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 uh, unapologetic about it. I don't care. I'm gonna root for my guy. But I I really do think on a lot of levels having Shannon fight Tyson Fury makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. And the question is, will the powers that be in Britain allow that to happen? But I will say this. The other thing is Shannon's more popular in London than any of those bums, any of them, Dylan, Dylan White, uh, David Hay, Tony Bellew. Shannon's more popular than them all. A lot of those guys get booed. They're not that popular. Um, so I, I think that would be I think that fight would make a lot of sense, but the question being, getting back to Deontay, Deontay, Anthony, Joshua, Tyson Fury. Let's just look at that little love triangle. Um, I think you got to do 
Anthony Joshua. I, I stand by what I said last week. You got to do Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder this summer. It's got to happen this year. It's got to happen this year. I think it has to happen. Um, you know, Mays obviously the big fight's going to be owned by Canelo and Triple G. That's going to be the the big fight in May, Cinco de Mayo. But I would say you need to make Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder in June or July. Um, you know, if you want to talk about combat pay per views, it's you know July is usually a big month for the UFC. It wasn't this past year, but you know, as we were talking about earlier on the show, maybe that's a Conor McGregor GSP showdown. Uh, but I would say, I would say June, June there needs to be a big heavyweight pay per view. Needs to be. There needs to be. Uh, and Deontay Wilder, I think, did everything he could last night. Earned himself a shot against Anthony Joshua. If you, you know, if you want him to fight Dylan White as as a package deal, um, fine. I guess if you're Eddie Hearn and you want to get your guy one fight, all right, I get it. But um, I think I think Deontay has definitely done enough. Uh, he has a piece of the heavyweight title. He he is uh, he's got almost 40 professional wins, 39 knockouts, or maybe it's 39 wins and 38 knockouts, whatever it may be. Um, he deserves that. He deserves a fight against Anthony Joshua. He really does. I think he does. And uh, not always been the easiest on Deontay, but it's tough to deny the guy. He's definitely earned it. Um, and Tyson Fury has been out of the, out of the, even with Tyson Fury having the credentials of not losing the belts in the ring, Tyson Fury, I think needs one fight to get people back on board. Okay. He's actually fighting now. He's not just talking crap on Twitter. He's not just throwing little breadcrumbs out there. We got to see Tyson Fury in shape. He said this past week. I got to lose seven stone. I had to look up what the hell seven stone was. It drives me nuts uh, that I have to look up how uh, in, 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 in the United Kingdom they're doing weight. Seven stone. I was like, ah, seven stone. That doesn't sound that much. That's 98 pounds. He's like, oh, oh I'll go, I'll go lose a seven stone. I'm like, oh, how much is seven stone? Almost 100 pounds. He's like, no, no, I got to lose uh, 20 stone, which is like 250 pounds. Well, great. I'm glad you don't have to lose an entire heavyweight. You gotta, but you gotta, but you gotta lose half a heavyweight. So we gotta see Tyson Fury in shape, training, hungry, and actually in a boxing ring before you can even trust. I think promoting him against Anthony Joshua. And once he proves that, and I think it should be against Shannon the Cannon. Once he proves that. And if he gets by Shannon Briggs, if he gets by Shannon Briggs, then you talk about the biggest fight in British championship history, the biggest commercial fight in British history. But I think Anthony Joshua's fight, his next fight has to be against Deontay. I really do. And I think if he doesn't fight him, if he fights another guy, I, I think that, that, that golden shine is going to start wearing off Anthony. Because, it, because here's the thing. If Anthony... If Anthony Joshua, if AJ goes out there and he's going to start doing this dance of of dragging out opponents, he needs to start beating guys like Deontay beat Stavern last night. He really does. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be in these things where, you know, he's being cute and he's dragging these fights out. And I'm not trying to take anything away from T- Carlos Takam, but Joshua fought a very very cautious fight. I know he got his nose broke by an illegal headbutt. Um. It didn't even feel like he really closed the show. It felt like the refs decided, ah, you know what? The, you've done enough. You, you, you've paraded around enough for us tonight, AJ. You don't need to do this anymore. This is this is beneath you. And I think he needs to go and show by himself that these opponents are beneath him. That's what Deontay did last night that was so impressive. He told you Stavern didn't deserve to be in there with him. It was going to be an easy night's work. And he put him on the canvas three times in the span of 60 seconds, and it was over. It was Tyson-esque, you know? I don't mean to, and I know that he threw that out there, that uh, I'm the most feared heavyweight since Mike Tyson. That's a ridiculous claim. But what he did last night was Tyson-esque. And a guy who went in there, in the ring, with a guy who was not of his class and dusted him in a round's time. And really, it took about a minute. of Once he actually put the put pedal to the metal, it took a minute. So that's where things end in the heavyweight division. I want to see Tyson Fury, Shannon Briggs, I would say March of this year. I want to see Anthony Joshua 
versus Deontay Wilder, the summer of this year, and then in the uh, <laughs> I guess yeah, whoever wins those fights, let's see him in the uh, in in the winter of next of of twenty eighteen. Sounds like a hell of a picture to me, if you ask me. Sounds like a fun year in boxing. And boxing's had a good year. I just don't want to see them screw it up. Everybody have a fantastic weekend and looking forward to a fun week. That was a fun, fun night for fight fans, and I'm glad we got to to experience that all together. That's why that's why we do this show. That's why we enjoy this this uh, this type of sport and sports. Uh, unexpected results, sensational moments, wow moments. And it was all great. All great. So have a fantastic week, everybody. We will talk to you guys next Sunday on Fighters Fury. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.